everybody, and welcome to the Week 7 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, what a crazy week we had last last week. <laughs> to uh, say the least. A lot of stuff uh, on the news and kind of put this sleepy little town of Whitney uh, in the limelight. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and ju- jump into that, you know. That's just a crazy situation. Nothing like I'd ever seen before. You were at the game. Did you see it all happen firsthand, or was it sort of after after it happened? No, I, di- I didn't see it actually happen. I saw uh, the ref. You know, the play was kind of off to the side, so I saw the ref holding the helmet tray mm-hmm. with his hands out going, what the heck just happened? And then I saw the ref throw the flag. And then I saw Coach Austin Clear <laughs> about to come unwound, you know, yeah. uh, which, you know, sticking up for his player. Yeah, and then after, you know, halfway home or, or you know, stopped on the way home and pulled out Twitter uh, to check scores and then mm-hmm. saw that that tweet by his mother yeah. and saw the play and just I was in disbelief that that happened. That was crazy. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I don't think any of the, the coaches really saw it either or, you know, it, we wouldn't have. It would have been – I don't know if it had been ugly, but I think they would – you know, it just uh, just didn't make sense the way it all unfolded. Yeah, and, and just for those who don't know what we're talking about, so last Friday night Whitney had a district matchup in Seagoville against Dallas-Madison. And, you know, the, this clip is all on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, pretty much wherever you go. You can look it up. There's yeah, a bunch of – Sports Illustrated, yeah, Barstool, it was everywhere. Sports Center, it was literally everywhere. The linebacker for Whitney, Trey Haynes, was backing up into coverage, uh, just reading the play, and then he bumped into the umpire, the I guess in that back behind the linebacker position uh, for the referee crew, and they ran into each other. And it was an accident. If you look at the film, it's clearly an accident. Trey has his eyes on the quarterback or the ball carrier just following the play, and he bumps into the official on the side, and the official grabs onto Trey's helmet and completely rips it off his head. I'm, I've never seen anything like that, Kenny. And it, and like you said, it it made headlines not just in Texas but across the nation. Like you said, Sports Illustrated, Sports Center posted on their social media pages. Have you? Can you think of any other incident even close to this? No, I, I've never. I mean, no. And yeah. you know, not a whole lot of people pay attention to that. Is it the back judge? The, yeah, I think yeah, so. That guy and his interaction with players, because you're, you're watching the play. So I had no clue, uh, you know, what happened until you know, yeah. like I said. And yeah, just a bad look for that referee. Uh, it just looks like you know whatever he did, or you know that was in. On purpose, yeah. Had he, to be. He intended to do what he did, and uh, the main thing is, is you know that they ejected Trey, and but you know the UIL over, overturned it, mm-hmm. so he gets to play. It's his senior year. Uh, they're playing against a, a, a Life Oak Cliff team that's not real strong, so you probably don't need him. But it's just the the principle, you know, that yeah. he didn't do anything wrong, no. so he doesn't need to be ejected. It's his senior year. Let him go play ball. Uh, one thing I do appreciate is how Coach Haynes handled the whole situation. Oh, the, the whole Whitney uh, football team. Yeah, yeah on the class. field, afterwards, in any kind of, uh, you know, he gave a statement to uh, mm-hmm. a, a news station. Uh, I thought it was – he did it really well. Mm-hmm. And then he had an interview on Channel 5, and I thought he handled himself really good. Uh, you know, in, in 
said that, hey, you know, we're not worried about the ref. You know, we're going to let the UIL and the yep. and Tasso handle that stuff. We're concentrated on on being 6-0. and And really appreciate the way he handled it. I thought he did it with class. And uh, yeah. kudos to him and Trey. And, and like you said, the whole team, uh, you know, coach keeping them focused after something like that happened. Uh, they were up comfortably. But still, you know, that, that Dallas squad – They've got a, a, some playmakers on there, and that number one, I'll, I'll find his name. That is one of the best receivers I've seen in a yeah. while. I mean, you know, he, he could take it to the house in a hurry. He, he was a good player. Yeah, he scored two of their touchdowns last week against Whitney. Uh, like you said, uh, we, we, don't have, we didn't cover this game last week, and we don't have it you know, on our recap, but it was, again, just another solid district win for the Wildcats as they remain unbeaten as well with a 56-28 final at Dallas-Madison. But uh, that wasn't the story of that game, just that incident with Trey and the official just – Unbelievable stuff, unlike anything we've ever seen. Then uh, another headline that came out just last night, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday the 4th, but a news came out la- Tuesday night about Shane Anderson, the head coach at Midway, now on administrative leave. I wonder what the deal is there, Kenny. Yeah, they were. I think it came out around 1030. I got a couple of texts. I didn't see it. And then yeah. uh, some buddies texted me and said, have you seen this? And, that's, of course, I pull up Twitter and uh, – Midway released a, a statement saying that he's on leave. They said it's, it's a non-student related mm-hmm. personal matter. So, uh, yeah, you know, sucks for you know the the, the school, the athletic, the you the know the players. football team and all mm-hmm. that stuff. They're gonna be rolling out with somebody different apparently uh, Friday night against Temple. So we'll just have to you know keep our eye on that situation and see how it unfolds yeah and midway they're one and five on the season they got their first win two weeks ago in a shootout against hutto they lost to harker heights by 14 uh, last week at, at home and now without shane anderson it's just i believe they went one and nine last year in his first season at midway so just not a lot of success for the panthers and to see him let go before week seven of the season it's Hard to speculate what could have happened, but I mean, you don't really see many mid-season, you know, leaves like this, especially like in the high school level. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look good. No, you know, I, no, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't look good. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, it's not too bad. Yeah, hopefully not. But yeah, those are the headlines: the uh, the Whitney Madison incident and the administrative leave. Now the Hewitt Midway head football coach Shane Anderson, and then let's uh, uh, I, actually now let's jump into our Matt Step question of the week. And uh, it was just simple this week. What would you like to talk about? And then Matt Step said, "I want to talk about my hipster game of the week with one in five Fairfield playing one in five Mahea. This is a game that no one probably believes is a big game, but to me it's a huge." huge game because I think this is the game for the final playoff spot in District 8, 3A Division 1. If you have Malakoff, Teague, and Grosbeck as the top three, Fairfield and Mejia are really the only two candidates for the last spot. You add the rivalry game aspect to this game with the two towns being so close, I think this is going to be a game of the week be one of the games of the week in Central Texas and I give the slight edge to Mejia because because the Black Cats have played a tougher schedule and are more battle-tested. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. I don't think it's a game we have in our pre in our preview for this week, but that's a good point. You never really think about it just because when you look at District 8, it's Malakoff's district, so you never really look at 2 through 4. But, th- I mean, I think he's right. This is probably absolutely the the battle for the last playoff spot. 
Oh, yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And, you know, every time anybody says anything about Mejia's schedule, I think back to last year <laughs> when Jay Black said <laughs> that, that uh, Mejia needs to fire their schedule maker. And, I, you know, that is a tough schedule. Uh, you know, I guess if you come out of that pre-district schedule relatively healthy, then yeah. it helps you out. But if, yeah. if you come out banged up and bruised and yeah. injuries, then it, it may not have helped you like you thought you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a this is a big game for both teams. Uh, you know, Grossbeck looks like they've probably locked in, and they I think they locked in the third spot. But hell, they may give Tig a, a yeah. run for their money. You know, I I, think I'm not so. going to doubt Coach Bomar. So yeah, I agree with the. Uh, the hipster pick of the week. I think that's going to be a, a important game. I agree. I, I I think it'll be a good game, and who knows when that when that um, and it'll also have to be. We'll have to see how, you know, because Malakoff's going to be a heavy heavy favorite against Tig. There's no doubt about that. But to see how you know Tig stacks up against this Malakoff team, it's going to be a good measuring stick to see when you're playing the you know the top player in this district. See how they measure up and see how competitive they are. You know, and the same with Grosbeck, because when Tigger and Grosbeck played, that'll probably be for the second or third playoff spot, you know, vice versa. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in that district. But we'll we'll dive more into that Malakoff-Tig game later on. Let's look at the Week 6 recap. So let's start off uh, in Class 5A, Red Oak 17, Shoemaker 14, a game that we talked about how it could be maybe somewhat competitive, with, with how dominant Red Oak has been. But how about Shoemaker? You know, they've forced Red Oak into a defensive slugfest, something that that Red Oak team is not accustomed to. You know, they came out just a bit short, but to be that competitive with the district favorite, that's that's really good for the Gray Wolves. Yeah, holding uh, Taz Williams and Braden Robinson to, you know, under 20 points. You know, yeah. that's, you know, what a kudos to Shoemaker because I don't, I don't know that we I saw them uh, doing that. But, uh, yeah, what you know, just – kind of a testament to that district you know you know those top four teams they're pretty much evenly matched you yeah. know red oak lake belton was a close game i think lake belton was in a, a close game last week also so they're all kind of evenly matched and uh you know i still think red oak's the favorite in that dish i don't see i mean they still got midlothian i believe so yeah, that, I think that'll so. be a, that'll be a good one a uh, late now lake belton they didn't have a close game last week they played uh at cleburne oh, okay yeah. a game i was thinking a game i was at just because yeah. just it was close to home and that's right yeah. it, it was uh yeah it, it was it, <laughs> it i don't want to get too much into it it, it was kind of over one of those things where lake belton got off the bus yeah. up 14 it was just one of those deals and that's just Lake Belton's a very good team, but Cleburne's just really down, and it's tough to see because historically that's a that's a good tradition program. They have two state championships of their own, I mean, a, a long time ago, but still. And you know, but it was I, I do want to say this: it was my first time seeing a game at the Rock, which is yeah, that's a cool Cleburne stadium. Stadium, and it's very cool. It's almost like you're walking into the Alamo when you go through yeah. the gates there. It was I've really drove cool. by that place thousands mm-hmm. of times, never been in there. Mm-hmm. But when I was yeah. a kid, my grandmother worked in uh, Cleburne. You'd drive by there yeah. on her way to work it's like right right off henderson in the middle of everything right by the neighborhood and everything it's such a, it's one of the top three coolest stadium i've ever been to it literally felt like you're walking to like an old spanish fort it was awesome but um that was about the extent of it lake belton kind of controlled that game from the beginning i think the final score was like 
49 to 14 or something. I left at halftime because it was like 35 to nothing or something like that. But still, a really awesome stadium. One of the coolest I've ever seen. Uh, another game from last week, Lorena 56 and Academy 38. Did that game turn out the way you kind of thought it would? Uh, I, I picked Little River to win. I think we uh, both did. I think Little River was up late. And, you know, kind of something we thought that they might – have the advantage in his depth and uh, being healthy because yeah. you know Lorena was beat up, but you know, you know, Little River faded there at the end, and, and uh, uh, Lorena, you know, kind of what was it, that won by two scores, I believe, there at the end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Braylon Henry with another huge game running the ball. You know, and of course, he had a fumble recovery on defense. You know, he's, you know, that that dude's one of the you know pound for pound best players in Central Texas, just the way he, yeah. he can run the ball, the way he plays defense. You know, he started at linebacker as a sophomore on that state championship team. Their running back uh, got injured uh, in a scrimmage, so he stepped up at running back. And, you know, their their new quarterback, Cason Roberts, is mm-hmm. really doing well. And Jackson General's kind of their Swiss Army knife. Jaden Porter, I, I don't even know if he played uh, he has uh, not. last week. So I was just looking at it right now. they still got that guy, you yeah. know, in the holster waiting uh, when – when uh, the time is right, I guess. So. All these guys have stepped up. They have four receivers with at least 150 receiving yards. So they've had they've had a lot of guys step up. You know, they've had you know a guy 210, 173, 407, 137, then 150. Like they they have a bunch of receivers and a bunch of weapons that they're able to spread the ball around and get play. You know, they have a bunch of playmakers that have stepped up, and that's huge when you're missing a guy like Jaden Porter. Yeah, and so you know, I think they're probably built for the postseason. I don't know that they're going to get their running back uh, back in time for the postseason, but if they get Porter back, and you got like the people we talked about, uh, you know. Uh, Henry and, and Cason Roberts and Jackson Generals, you know, they're you know that first round matchup's probably not going to be easy for them because yeah. that's just a really tough district. So, mm-hmm. and then you look at uh, Little River Academy, you know, they've got their guys, Casey Mraz, uh, Cavalli Neely, uh, looked good early on, mm-hmm. pound, you know, punch for punch with them, and they were up late, and you know, I just depth or whatever, you know, could have been a size advantage or something. Yeah. I think just. With how high scoring get, it, it might have been one of those things where Lorena just kind of used their size and kind of wore Academy down a little bit, and and it's like you like you said, Academy was up early, and then just Lorena kind of just pulled away uh, to finish with an eighteen point victory. But I mean, for any doubt we had of Lorena winning this game, it kind of went out the door really quickly. Lorena still Lorena, despite you know with the injuries and losing a guy like Jaden Porter and still breaking in a new quarterback that has obviously that gets better week by week and he's done a phenomenal job yeah, looking at stats here with Roberts he has let's see here he has over 1100 passing yards yeah, already so man, what what a you know we kind of question that move but hell what do we know but yeah. hey <laughs> kudos to the coach over there and, and you know yeah. you look at the Franklin Rockdale game you know you expected Franklin to blow him out mm-hmm. it really wasn't a blowout yeah. so you know who knows what's going to happen in this district? I don't know that yeah. Franklin is unbeatable. They look really good, and yeah. they're still I don't, they're just, still a top tier team. Yeah, but just because they didn't know. blow them out doesn't mean that they're not who they are. Yeah. but you know that kind of makes you wonder that 
one of these teams might be able to sneak in there and grab a W. Yeah, that, that Franklin Arena game, probably going to be again for the district championship. Now, again, we'll have to see how Academy stacks up against Franklin because that's going to be a, a amazing ball game as well. So this, I mean, this top three spots in this district, really, really fun. We've been talking about it all season. That's going to be fun to watch. We've still got an Academy Cameron Yo game. Yeah, so oh my gosh. Yeah, Academy we'll, we'll still talk has about that Franklin and Cameron Yo, yes. Yeah, so. God, this is such a fun district, man. Really fun to cover, and it's we're really privileged to have a district like that in our neck of the woods. Uh, but we'll talk about that uh, Yo Academy game later on. How about another score from last week? Uh, Harker Heights 28 and then Midway 14. Again, as we mentioned before, this is, at least for the moment, looks like appears to be Shane Anderson's last game as the head coach of the Midway Panthers. But Harker Heights comes comes out on top 28-14. to 14. Uh, game a little bit lower scoring than I thought, especially with you know Midway putting up 45 points the week before and Harker Heights being a little bit down offensively compared to last year. But again, you lose a guy like Rashawn Sanford, that just that just naturally happens. But yeah, Harker Heights still taking care of business, holding Midway to 14, scoring 28 themselves and getting the win. Yeah, and you know when Coach Anderson took that job, they were in that district, uh, weren't they? This is their second year in this district. So, yeah. they came out of that really tough district uh, with DeSoto and Duncanville and, Duncanville all, and yeah. all them. And mm-hmm. so, and then you look at this Harker Heights Temple district and on paper, man, it looked, looked like, you know, not as tough as the one they came from, but it's not no cakewalk. Yeah. And it's kind of showed, you know, they, they didn't really do well last year. They're off to a one and four, one and five start now. So, uh, yeah, you, you know, I think high school football in Central Texas is, is funner. Yeah. When Midway is doing good and yeah. going to regional finals and three or four rounds deep. So, yeah, uh, they got some, you know, Ty Brown and the Jackson Baird, you know, they got some playmakers over there. Just haven't been able to put it all together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, not yet. But, yes, uh, Harker Heights coming out on top, 28-14 over Midway. And another game we, we didn't – we touched on it last week, but we didn't preview it. La Vega 28, Yoakum 21. Nice win there for the La Vega Pirates over a very good 3A team in Yoakum, getting the win at home. But still, Yoakum losing by seven to a really talented 4A team in La Vega. That was just a great matchup between those two teams. Yeah, I believe that game went to overtime. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. again, who in the heck wants to play Yoakum in the first round? <laughs> <laughs> or I Hitchcock <laughs> or Columbus. I mean, dude, or that, Hallisville. That That's going to be – Goodness gracious. That first-round matchup with those two districts is going to be awesome. It's going to be crazy. It sure is. And then our last game from the games we uh, – from the recap of the games we previewed last week, Riesel 28, Rosebud Lot 14. That was a great game as well, Kenny. Uh, Riesel, it was the first – First game in a while that they'd given up any points as they I think they had three or four consecutive shutouts prior to that one. But yeah, another nice win there for the Riesel Indians. Yeah, and, and we're gonna have Coach Little on the show mm-hmm. and uh man, the defense stepped up. They knew they had a big play offense with the uh, Rosebud Lock coming in with Jamarcus Johnson and uh I think Gavin Oliver and Gavin Oliver and company did their thing, and their defense played well, and a quality win in that district. Yeah, absolutely. So a 14-point win for the Riesel Indians, and like as Kenny just mentioned, we had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Riesel Indians, Coach Robert Little. Here's Kenny Kenny's interview with Coach Little. Okay, I'm here with Coach Robert Little, the athletic director, head football coach for the Riesel Indians. Coach, how you doing? Uh, doing well, man. Uh, doing well. Hey. First of all, congrats on the win Friday night and uh, all your wins. Actually, you're undefeated. Uh, 
this year, and uh, I think a big part of that has to do with your defense. Uh, you haven't allowed a, a whole lot of points this year. You you had like a three or four game shutout streak going on until last week. Let's talk about your defense. Uh, tell us about them. Yeah, you know our, our front seven is pretty good, and you know we were a little concerned going into this last week with our secondary just because. You know, they really haven't been tested. And, you know, Rosebud has a very good receiving core. Uh, have a young quarterback that's going to be really, really good. And, uh, you know, just watching them on film, they have some over-the-top plays that, you know, had us concerned going into the game. So, you know, we were a little bit concerned about that. But secondary played really well. But, you know, for us, it, it starts up front with those guys that are, you know, playing the D-line. They control multiple gaps. And, you know, they just they, – they're relentless right now. And so, Hopefully they can continue to do that, and um, you know if they can, they're going to. We're, we're going to be in a lot of ball games just because of the way they play. Well, you, you talk about your your defensive line, your front seven, and what's the key to keeping a team like Rosebud from the big play? Is it you know your front seven and getting pressure on that quarterback when they do decide to drop back and pass? Yeah, you know, going in, you, you know, he's, he's a young quarterback. We knew, you know, just again from watching film, you know, it seemed like when he was under pressure, he would make some mistakes or, you know, he'd scramble around and kind of get maybe a little impatient. So we were trying to put pressure on him, which, you know, I thought we did a really good job of. Um, I thought Coach Reynolds, our defensive coordinator, did a, good, did a good job of mixing up some different looks and things like that, to, you know, that – get our guys in position to make plays on the quarterback and so you know, we were able to do that and then on the back end like I said our guys played really really well back there um, I was probably really played I think we gave up a slant late that they kind of missed a couple of tackles and you know they went down and scored on us but for the most part I was very proud of the way they played Hey, let's talk about your offense a little bit. Uh, you know, last year we, we had talked to Coach Tyler Crow and uh, your quarterback, Gavin Oliver. You know, I see him. I'm like, that, that kid could start at left tackle for most teams in the in the league or tied in or, or, or middle linebacker. What is, you know, you don't throw the ball a whole lot. I think you pick your spots and you're successful when you do, do that. But uh, tell us about what uh, Gavin Oliver brings to, to your team. I mean, he's just, a, you know, he's a big old cornfed kid that, you know, likes playing football, uh, likes contact, and, you know, with his size, you know, the thing that I think is deceptive about him is his speed. I mean, he's for a big, as big as he is, you wouldn't expect him to be as fast as he is, but, um, you know, he can be a patient runner. He picks his, we, we kind of, you know, use him in spots. We try not to, you know, just overwork him because, you know, he does turn around and play defense for us, but, um, you know, he throws, he throws the ball really well. You know, the one thing we're trying to work on is, you know, we had some opportunities the other night to, to hit some plays over the top, and, you know, we're just, they're, they're right on our fingertips, and we just, you know, we're just not making those plays, and so, you know, I, you know, one of the things kind of preaching to the kids right now is, you know, for us to hopefully make a run if we can get fortunate enough to get in, you know, to make those deep runs. When we have opportunities like that to, to make big plays, we've got to make those plays. Um, you know, I think a lot of defenses are going to kind of stack the box on us. Um, just, you know, looking back to the last couple of years, uh, Riesel's really kind of run the football. And so our mentality this year, you know, we still want to run the ball. But like you said, pick our spots and, you know, when we do throw the ball, you know, if we can catch it, a lot of times it's going to end up in a touchdown just because of the way the defenses are playing us. Everybody's playing, you know, up in the box. And so um, getting those kids back behind them and making those plays are going to be crucial for us to be continue to be successful. 
So you're you're an old offensive guy. I mean, you you coached at uh, Reese before and uh, went to Hillsborough and ran their offense. Uh, so are you? I mean, do you like to run run heavy all the time, or do you just kind of look at your personnel and and see what best fits them and then adapt your offense to that? You know, uh, offensively, you know, you, for me, I would like to have you know about sixty forty something like that, sixty run forty. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, running the football is is kind of key for us. Uh, you know, like I said, our front line is, is is pretty good up front, and so you know, we're going to run the ball the majority of the time, and then the, you know, pick our spots. You know, we're going to we we really tried to work on throwing, making making the pass game um, a bigger part of our offense than it has been the last couple of years. And so, um, you know, we've been fortunate in a couple of games to kind of get a lead to where maybe we could, you know, dabble with it a little bit more than, you know, typically we would if it was a closer game. So, um, you know, running the football is going to be, is going to be big for us. All right, Coach, you got Valley Mills this week. Uh, what do you What do you know about the Eagles, and what are you expecting from them? Uh, it'd be a good game. You know, I mean, our district, you know, there's there's good teams up and down the district. And, you know, they're big up front. They'll be one of the, one of the teams that can kind of match us up front. Uh, their defensive line is, is very aggressive. They've got some kids that come off the ball. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to run to the football. And so, you know, key for us this week is, you know, to get better. Make sure that you know we know we know our assignments and you know take care of the football. Um, and then defensively, you know they got a big, big young uh, running back um, that's kind of scary looking. You know you look at him on film; he's a big old kid. He runs hard. Um, and then they've got a quarterback that can kind of he just kind of runs around and slings it. Um, you know he's not afraid to get out of the pocket. And so you know we'll have to we'll have to contain him and you know hopefully be able to cover those receivers. Um, similar to what we did against Rosebud Lot, and if we can do that, you know, I like our chances, but I do. I, I think it'll be a really good football game. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on, and good luck Friday night. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Riesel Indians, Coach Robert Little. Again, thanks to uh, Coach Little for joining us on the show today after their 14-point victory over Rosebud Lot last week. Now let's jump into our Week 7 previews, Kenny. We have, first off, 5-1 and one Coleman at 4-1 and one Toller. Now this is a Coleman team that we don't know a whole bunch about. They're still kind of a little bit outside of our coverage area. But they have five straight wins since a Week 1 loss to a still unbeaten Mason Puncher team. And the Toller... I think presumably they are probably still without Peyton Brown. They're all-world running back. We still don't know for sure. But in the meantime, their quarterback, Isaac Blessing, has really, really stepped up big time, putting up almost 1,000 total yards and 11 touchdowns through five games. Yeah, he's a true, like a dual-threat quarterback. You yeah. Know? And they really the run game's really going for them. Garrison Nation has done a great job filling in for uh, Peyton Brown. I saw on uh, the app, one of the forums, that they think that – now this, I don't know if these people know, but somebody said they think that he's going to be back in week eight, week nine. So that'll be good to have him back. And and, and let's talk about Toller's defense, man. They got seven mm-hmm. kids with twenty nine plus tackles, so they fly to the ball. Uh, they're giving up about fifteen points a game, but one game yeah. they gave up. Uh, I forgot which one. You know, quite a few points. But it was the, probably the one game they lost to that. Private school. private school in yeah. Dallas, yeah. And then Coleman, you know, they've got Jaden Jackson. Uh, he's kind of a do-it-all for them. Mm-hmm. The kid's a hell of an athlete. But, you know, uh, I think this Toller's district and basically Toller's region, so I got Toller yeah. winning this yeah, one. Yeah, I got Toller winning this one as well. But in 
especially if they have Peyton Brown back. Now, again, it's one of those weird situations. We don't know anything about that. They haven't – nothing – no news has been released. Coaches, players, no one in the community has said anything, which for good – I mean, I guess for good reason. Yeah. You know, if it's – you know, it's I think probably – I think he's injured. That's I think what I think, too. Injury and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think they can afford to take their time, make sure he's uh-huh. healthy before yeah, he yeah. comes back and be ready for the playoffs, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully he's okay. Of course, that's what we want to wish for at the end of the day. But still, without – he hasn't played since week one, which he put up like 150 yards and two touchdowns as well. So, But they've still played very well without him with Isaac Blessing as well. So we'll keep an eye on that game or on the status of Peyton Brown and that game as well. So Coleman at Toller, I'll take the Rattlers in this one as well. And now let's jump over to Class 3A Division One, as we have unbeaten Malakoff on the road to take on the 4-1 and Tig Lions. What are you seeing in this one, Kenny? Well, you know, you got Malakoff who – perennial region favorite uh you got an upstart tig team that man uh had a good ball yeah they're young you know they were young last year they're like coach uh Limscombe said they're they're still young this year Mm -hmm. you know they've got a sophomore uh Jaden Cole that's a a tackling machine they got a sophomore running back in Nylon Coaster that's doing Mm -hmm. really well their other running back is a senior Kamari Evans and their quarterback who's a junior uh Leha you know it's a young team they're getting better week by week they they play really good defense and then you look at Malakoff, who, man, just, you know, with Mike Jones and yeah. Chauncey Hogg. And, uh, Putting up 55 points a game. Yeah, Bubba Hicks, great running back name there. You know, they, they got <laughs> yeah. a pair of running backs that are play both ways, play really good on defense, can run the ball well. Uh, they got a Brackens on the roster, if anybody knows. <laughs> Shocker. The, yeah, uh, he must have moved in from Fairfield. <laughs> I think I'll play for Malakoff. Uh, you know, uh, man, Malakoff's solid. They, you know, really haven't been tested at all this year. Uh, I got – until somebody beats Malakoff, I got Malakoff. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And it, for, for good reason. Again, we've mentioned before, they score 55 points a game. And they only give up seven points per game. So they have a very, very stifling offense – They've had shutouts in three of their last four games. And the one game they did give up points on in that four-game stretch, they only gave up seven points. So this defense is absolutely on another level. Now, Tig's defense, they only give up seven points uh, per game as well. But, boy, is that going to be tested this week. And they scored 34 points per game themselves. But this is undoubtedly their biggest test of the season. And, you know, it's, 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 a, tall, it's a tall task to try to get a win against this Malakoff team right now. But I think – Tig, at least as far as district goes, this is also Malakoff's biggest test of the season. But at the same time, they are a step above everybody else. Yeah, it's going to see what defense can can hold up. You know, mm-hmm. Tig's got a good group of receivers. Yep. Uh, Malakoff's got 14 kids with a catch this year. So they played a lot of trash time, uh, you know. But I, I just, you know, Tig, good defense, but yep. I just think Malakoff's going to be too much. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's going to, again, both teams, both teams are very, very stout defensively, only giving up seven points per game. And Tig's one loss of the season was back in pre-district play when they played a top 10 ranked Centerville team. And what was the final of that game? Like seven to six or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it was a missed extra point from yeah. the entire. So it's the only, that this Tig's only loss of the season. So, But aside from that, they've been really, really dominant, scoring 34 points per game while also giving up seven. But yeah, I don't, I don't, 
I don't see anyone beating this, even challenging this Malakoff team until maybe the region final, maybe the third round. So, yeah, I'll take Malakoff in this game as well. And now the game of the week in my eyes, Kenny. How about 4-2 and two China Spring on the road to take on 5-1 and one Alvarado? And this is the district opener, and this might be, you know, a, this is a real sneaky good chance for an upset here. This Alvarado team is really, really good, Kenny. Yeah, both these teams have been tested. You know, mm-hmm. uh, China Spring has played Argyle. Uh, Conley, you know, when you look at speed and you think Conley's probably the fastest team around in Central Texas, well, I think China Springs faster. Kyle yeah. Barton ran away from a lot of those kids. Tremendous running back for them. Of course, they've got Cash McCollum. He's got 1,600 yards uh, throwing the ball around, 23 TDs, lead Central Texas in those categories. Uh, good receiver in Grayson Martin. And then you look at Alvarado, which we don't really cover them, but uh, yeah. they've got a great quarterback in Cardia, Cardia Collier, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his first name, but yeah. he's a true dual threat dude with 1,100 yards passing, almost 400 yards rushing, mm-hmm. uh, 12 TDs passing, 7 TDs rushing, a good running back in Demarcus Belton, and a, another solid wide receiver group. So I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, you know, It'll be interesting when, uh, you know, Stephenville gets in the mix and LaVega gets in the mix. But starting off district, what a matchup. And yeah. uh, I think China Spring probably pulls this one out just, yeah. you know, because they've been there, done that. They're battle-tested and all those uh, things. But, yeah, I think Cash I think uh, Cash McCollum and company is going to get the win. I think so, too. And um, But, again, this is – China Spring's 4-2. and two. Now, their two losses are to the number one team in Class 5 of Division 2 and Melissa. Nobody's beaten the, them yet. But the kind of the head-scratcher here, their other loss was two weeks ago to – a one and three Dallas Parish Episcopal team. So they're the only win on that. I guess they're a private school or charter school, something they're on their schedule, which that's kind of a head scratcher. I don't know how close that game was. I think it was maybe in like a 14 point game or something like that, but that's the only head scratcher to me. And, but with Alvarado, they're a darn good football team and they've, They've had solid wins against solid programs. Cannondale, although they're a little bit down from their history, they have overtime win against Decatur, who started the season ranked. And then they beat – and back in week one, they beat a Springtown team that beat Connolly last week. So they, they've been battle-tested as well. I think, like you said, I think China Spring is still the favorite here. But this is probably – as far as district plays goes, this has a real chance for a scare here in the first round. I think – and especially with this Alvarado team, their head coach is Casey Walraven. He grew up in Alvarado. He used to coach at Cleburne yep. before coming to Alvarado last year. So, And they want they want to put the district on notice right away. And what better team to do it against than China Spring at home nonetheless. And we've talked about it a couple times how Charles Head Stadium is a tough place – a tough place to play just has to cater that when they lost in overtime to to Alvarado at Charles head stadium a couple weeks back, you know, again, I think China spring will eventually pull away and get the win, but I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. I think it'll be a shootout to start. Then China spring kind of keeps them at arm's length throughout the second half. I'd I'd keep an eye on this one. I think this is going to be a really good football game, Kenny. Yeah. And and this district's just getting fired up with district play Mm -hmm. and every week there's going to be a big game, you know, four, really quality teams in this district so it'll be fun to see how this unfolds yeah and alvarado has a history of pulling an upset like this they they were right in the same situation with stephenville last year and that was kind of a weird game it was a really you know rainstorm and they played at a neutral site in dublin so kind of a weird situation there but they they were able to pull 
pulled the win against a then-ranked Stephenville team last year. And then now they have the same situation here with China Spring. Now, China Spring, again, they're clearly the favorite here, but I think this is, at least until China Spring plays Stephenville. I mean, well, I mean, this is a small district, man. All the teams are good. But I think to start district, this is going to be a chance for a real scare here for China Spring. But I do think they pull away as well. And now the final game of our Week 7 previews. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, first of the last two, we have Yo at Academy. One and four, Yo. But that's kind of just a testament to their schedule. And then Academy, five and one, coming off their first loss of the season to Lorena last week. Did, how do you see this game playing out, Kenny? Man, this is going to be tough. You know, we keep, yeah. uh, Academy coming off that loss to Lorena. They're going to be fired up, ready to go. Cameron Yo, uh, you know, they played a really tough schedule. You know, mm-hmm. Belleville and Yoakum and, and uh, Conley. Yep. Uh, yeah, they played Conley. Or, yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got Braylon Drake, who's stoned for almost 1,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, a really good uh, skill guy, and Kadarius Bradley. Uh you know, and then you got Academy with Casey Mraz and Cavalli Neely and a good group of uh, wide receivers and really big up front. And I just – I think um, – this is this is a tough one. I think yeah. Yo's due. I think they're – I agree. It's due – they're due to put it all together. And I think the way this district's going to unfold, you may have a couple of teams just beating each other up and, and maybe only one comes out of there unbeaten, uh, maybe Franklin. But I just – it's hard for me to pick against Academy how well they've looked mm-hmm. this year. And, and, and you know, of course they did lose to Lorena last week. But, you know, I just think Academy – you know, it's at Academy. Yeah. I'm just going to go with Academy in this one. Okay, I agree. Um, so, Yo is coming off their their bye week. So, they've had two weeks to prepare for this one. And I think their bye came at a good time. Again, they, they opened the season with a win at Lago Vista – but have dropped four straight, again, like you mentioned, to Yoakum, Connolly, Belleville, and then Lorena two weeks ago before they had uh, their bye week. Now, the last opponent for both of these teams was Lorena, and Cameron Yo played uh, Lorena in a shootout and lost 43-41. to As we talked about last week, Academy uh, lost by 18 after a leading initially in that game. So, I don't know. Maybe not everyone is a fan of trying to compare scores with similar opponents, but I think it's a valuable you know thing to look yeah, at here, especially late middle season. Yeah, I mean first two games, I think that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah. mid season, I think you're fine doing that. Yeah, for sure. But I think I think you got a good point. I think Yo's do. They've had kind of two weeks to you know you know heal their you know all the bruises and stuff, heal up and prepare for this one. I'm going to take Cameron Yo in this one. I think I think they get their their first win in district play, and on and kind of shock some people because Academy is the favorite here. There's no doubt about that. But I think I'm going to take this as my upset pick of the week. I'm going to take Cameron Yo on the win. I think it'll be a fun matchup, and I think if for Yo to win especially, if they can get Academy in a shootout and kind of wear them down and try to keep them play catch up or whatever i think it'll be it can turn into one of those situations where the last team with the football wins the game and i think that's the exact kind of game that yo wants to play here on the road against academy so in my upset pick of the week i will take yo here and then now to our final game of the of the previews how about crawford taking on marlin what do you see in this one kenny 
Uh, you know, I, I think I see Marlon winning this game. You know, okay. with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Mario Hopwood and, and Roderick Suter, their offense is kind of getting fired up. They, you know, they mm-hmm. kind of started off kind of weird with uh, not playing a, an Itasca team. Uh, they got beat by a pretty good Grosbeck team, but other than that, you know, they've kind of bounced back. I think yep. they got back to back sixty-two to seven wins or, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Bosqueville and Moody. I think that you know Marlon's going to win this game, and it's going to set mm-hmm. up a nice little district championship game with uh, Riesel. And uh, well, Riesel still got to beat Crawford, but yeah, I think Marlon and Riesel. I mean, I think we kind of got a changing of the uh, of the way things go in that district with. Crawford being on top for a long, long time. I mean, Marlon did make that run uh, two two years ago to mm-hmm. the, the regional finals. But, yeah, I just – I think Marlon's, you know, going to gonna be a little too athletic for uh, for Crawford, and uh, they had a lot of speed over there. Uh, you know, Cash Bolzano, you know, really it's hard to find. You know, you can read game clips of Crawford, but they don't do a whole lot on there. Yeah. They don't send in stats. They don't do a whole lot on max preps. So, uh, yeah, and I got Coach – Ruben uh, Torres's team uh, probably getting this one. Yeah, and, and that's not a bad pick at all. And with um, with Crawford, their season has kind of been up and down. Like they're three and two, and so far it's literally gone win loss win loss win. So you know they kept that pattern. They would fall on this one, but with and and again to your point with with Marlin, they started off zero and two. You know with that fiasco back in week one, and then losing to Mart. No shame in that one. But, again, like you said, they've routed off three straight, and they are absolutely rolling right now. Like you said, they've outscored their opponents 124-14 to in the last two games. So they are absolutely stellar on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I'm with you. I think Marlin takes this one as well. And it'll be be interesting to see here because if they – if Marlin does win this game, then that could very well set up a, a Riesel, you know, Marlin district championship game. Again, we'll have to see how Riesel plays against Crawford, but with how good Riesel's defense is, who knows, you know. But I think this is this district is shaping out a lot more fun to cover than we initially thought. Because I think when we had our season preview show back in August, I think we had Crawford as the clear favorite in this one, but it hasn't necessarily shaped up that way, at least so far in the season, you know, with – you know, they bounced back from their 28-27 loss to Rosebud Lott two weeks ago with an 11-point win against Valley Mills. So it, I think it'll be a fun matchup. I think I think for Marlin, for them to win this game, I think they have to jump out early and get like a 14-point 14 14-point lead and try to, try to keep Crawford behind at arm's length sort of to get the win here. But I'm with you. I'll take Marlin in this game as well. So now let's go ahead and jump into our Week 7 Pick'ems. And, of course, as always, the former sports director at KCEN Channel 6 in Waco, Curtis Quillen, will be joining us for our Pick'ems today. So now let's jump right into it. We have University at Pflugerville. I will take University. Curtis and Kenny will take University as well. So University across the board. Coleman at Toller. We'll have Toller across the board once again. Then Belton at Leander Rouse. Again, we have Belton across the board. Then we have Robinson at Salado. I will take Robinson. And Curtis and Kenny will take Robinson as well. And then we have Heiko at Wortham. And again, across the board, we will all take Wortham. Gatesville at a at Connolly, I'm going to take Connolly, and again, cross, across the board, once again, we will all take the Cadets, and then we have Meridian at Dawson, we have Dawson across the board, Chaparral 
at Elgin. Those two are going to take Elgin. I'm going to take the Colleen Chaparral Bobcats in this one. Then we have Italy at Itasca. I'm going to take Italy. Then Curtis and Kenny will take the Gladiators as well. Then we have the Colleen Kangaroos at Lake Belton. Of course, we have Lake Belton across the board. Chilton at Bremont. Now, this is a district opener in this one, probably for the district championship. I am going to take Chilton in this one. And we have Chilton across the board once again. Now we have Waco at Red Oak. We have Red Oak across the board. Cleburne at Ellison. Uh, I'm going to take Ellison. Curtis will take Cleburne. And then Kenny will take Ellison in this one. Then we have Troy at Rockdale in this one. We have Troy across the board. Then we have Malakoff at Tig. Uh, definitely, um, I got Malakoff in this one. Then we have Malakoff again across the board. China Spring at Alvarado. Curtis and Kenny are going to take China Spring. And you know what? I said I said it earlier that China Spring is probably the favorite in this one. I'm going to take Alvarado at home in this one. Then we have Midway at Temple. I'm going to take Temple in this one. Curtis will also take Temple, while Kenny will take Midway. Then we have Little River Academy hosting the Cameron Yeoman. I'm going to take Cameron Yeo in this one, while Curtis and Kenny will take Little River Academy. Then we have Huddo at Harker Heights. Uh, Curtis and I will take Harker Heights, and then Kenny will take Hutto. Then we have Bruce Folletti at Rosebud Lot here. It's going to be Rosebud Lot across the board on this one. Then we have Rogers at Clifton. We're going to take Rogers across the board in this one. And then we have Lorena at McGregor. And it'll be Lorena across the board once again. Then we have Mejia at Fairfield. And we're all going to take Mejia in this one. I think that is solely based on the strength of schedule that Mejia has had so far this season. Then we have Bosqueville at Moody. I'm going to take Moody in this one. Kenny will also take Moody while Curtis takes Bosqueville. And then we have Riesel at Valley Mills. And we have Riesel across the board. And then we have Grosbeck at Kemp. We have Grosbeck across the board. And then Crawford taking on Marlin. Uh, they Curtis and Kenny have Marlin. So I will just go ahead and try to get one up on them. And I will take the Crawford Pirates in that one. And that is the Week 7 Pick'ems. And that'll do it for us on the Week 7 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show of the CTFP. If you want to reach out to us on social media, you can reach us out on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at CTFP Podcast, or you can find us on Facebook, uh, the Central Texas Football Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can message us there, or you can email us at CTFP Podcast at gmail.com. That's CTFP Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in once again to the Week 7 edition, 2023 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again to our guest, as always, for the Matt Step question of the week. Thanks to Riesel head football coach Robert Little. And thanks again to Curtis Quillen for joining us on our weekly pickums. And again, for Kenny Heath, my name is Ryan Fox. And enjoy Week 7 of the Texas high school football season. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>